Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, and welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. My name is Tom Singer, and I'm your host. And every single week, I get to interview really cool people in the world of professional speaking so that we can look for ways to improve and grow our businesses. And today, we are going to talk about what kind of business models work in the post-COVID world. And I am joined today on Speakernomics by Randy Gage. Hey, Randy, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be on with you. So, Randy, what are your two tips for speakers about business in this post-COVID world? Number one, I'd say, your story is amazing. But what's the applicable lesson for the audience? And tip number two? Stop pitching speeches. Start offering ways in which you add value and solve problems. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a great conversation today. And for those of you who don't know Randy Gage, although I don't know how you wouldn't know Randy Gage, he's a Hall of Fame speaker and he is a writer who speaks. And what does he speak about? He talks about success and prosperity. In fact, he takes the timeless principles of prosperity and makes them relevant to all of us in today's world. So, Randy, let's just jump right in on this whole idea of your first tip about your story being awesome, but but how do you make it relevant? What do you mean by that? I share a platform with a lot of Olympic gold medalists and people who climbed Mount Everest and people who took their company public and became billionaires. And they wonder, why doesn't the audience really respond to them? And one such occasion, I was in the green room with a, a lovely young lady who's a speaker who's won like five or six gold medals in the Olympics. And she, um, you know, she brings them and people can take pictures with her in these gold medals. And she asked me, like, I don't understand. You got such a standing ovation and they loved you. And, you know, how come I'm not creating that kind of, you know, reaction with the audience? And, you know, basically I had to tell her, well, you're telling your story about how you won all these gold medals. And that's an inspiring story. But everybody in the audience is thinking, 
but how am I going to pay my rent this month? Or, you know, what do I got to do about groceries for the kids? And, you know, I got this problem in my career or this issue with my marriage. And it's nice that this young woman was so successful and has all these, you know, awards. But what does this have to do with me? And, and you know, in a, in a gentle and loving way, I was trying to explain to her as I try to lovingly and gently explain to every speaker, including everybody who's listening to this podcast right now that, okay, great. That, that story is amazing. But if you, you know, the reason people want to hear us speak is because of the lessons they're going to learn from us. And if you haven't done the work of making the connection then you're just beating your chest and, you know, you might as well just spray paint your name on the moon and tell everybody how great you are. They didn't come to, you know, if you're there because you climb Mount Everest, they already know that coming in. You're supposed to be telling them how the lessons you learned with all those challenges you faced making the ascent, how those lessons apply to them in the promotion they want to get or the relationship they want to have with their children or the success they want to have with their business venture. So there was a time, if you go back, I don't know how many years, 20 or 30 years, where a great story was the speech. I can remember in early days of my career going to hear all kinds of people, whether they were astronauts, Olympic athletes, etc., and their story was the whole speech. And, and over time, Everything you've just said is true. It has changed to where people want to know what's in it for me. What's the lesson I can take? Number one, when do you think that started to change? And number two, how has it changed more recently after what we've been through the last couple of years? Well, it started to change when uh, everyone started realizing, hey, speaking could be a very lucrative profession. (laughs) And so now every year there's a new Miss America looking for to be a speaker. Every year, there's a new Miss Universe, a new Mr. Olympian. There's a new World Series championship team. There's a new Super Bowl winning team. There's a new everything. And they're all and there's a bunch of politicians that just got voted out of office. And and there's all these mountain climbers and people with handicaps and disabilities and challenges. And they're all saying, well, I could be a speaker. Right. So now we didn't have five people to choose from. We got 50,000 people to choose from and now so one aspect of this is you know at some point somebody's going to have a better tragedy than you do okay right so like every most people in nsa know mitchell right w mitchell sure you're not going to have a better tragedy than mitchell okay (laughs) i mean Here's this guy, his plane crashes, he's paralyzed, the fire burns the skin off his face, you know, everything. You know, first, well, actually, first was the fire, and then it was the plane crash, and then the paralyzing, whatever. And it's like, so if the meeting planner is saying, well, we could hire you, well, we understand that, you know, you had your left leg amputated for cancer, um, but his story seems to be a better tragedy than your tragedy. So now you have to say, well, do I want to cut off my other leg to, you know, get this booking or, you know, at some point realize the only way I'm going to out Mitchell Mitchell, how are you going to out Kyle Maynard? Okay. He's congenital amputee, no arms, no legs. So the only way you're going to out tragedy him, you're going to have to cut off 
you're both your arms, both your legs and swallow a hand grenade. Right. So you realize, oh, well, actually, so maybe it's not about the tragedy or the disability or that maybe it's about what's the lesson to the audience. Right. So that so audiences got more discerning. And then I think speakers, bureaus, and meeting planners got more discerning because they already, they have all of those people. They have all the mountain climbers, all the Miss Universe, all the Mr. Olympians, and they figured out, wow, when I send this Miss Universe, the clients loved her every time because the audience related to her. And when I send these other five Miss Universes, I get kind of lukewarm reactions. Why? Because those other five didn't turn the story around to the audience. And I think the, you know, the level of the audiences, the bureaus and the meeting planners and the speakers have all gotten more sophisticated over the years. And now post COVID, like you was the second part of your question, it's just even more. It's like, and is this going to be, a hybrid event or is this going to be a video event? And then even more importantly, it's going to be how kind, what kind of, a, because I think in the hybrid events and the, the, the video or virtual only events, it's even much more important that you have that emotional connection where the audience has to say he or she is qualified to speak to me. Because they have been where I am and they have gone where I want to go. And that's where the world-class communicators live. That's where the magic lives. Well, and being able to connect that message within the story to everybody and making everybody be able to see themselves in, you know, in, in the speaker, I think you're right. It's more important than ever. I recently was having a conversation with a young man who wants to become a speaker and he told me his story and his story was not tragic. It was unfortunate, but it wasn't tragic. And I said, what's the message then for the, the corporate audience? He wanted to speak to, to, to business people, etc. And he said, well, but it's, it's, it's in this. And it was going back to the incident that had happened to him. And I told him, it's pretty similar to what you just said. I told him that there are more people coming into the speaking business now than ever. And you have to be able to unpack where's the actionable message that's in here. And so with so many people coming in, how does a speaker who has a story, maybe it's a great story. How do they find that relevance that's going to appeal to who their audience is? How do they find that nugget in there? Yeah, because it's all it's what's applicable to me, because the vast majority of people in our audiences are never going to become an IPO billionaire. They're not going to win an Olympic gold medal. They're not going to be a Super Bowl champion, but they're facing difficulties and challenges like everyone in the world. And they're looking for uh, speakers who can interpret for them can translate for them who can say you know if you take uh <clears throat> carrie um the the fighter part pilot carrie lorenz yeah carrie lorenz um most women are not going to be fighter pilot right most guys are not going to be fighter pilot right most people are just not going to make that her or waldo uh waldman and any of those guys right but if they what they do is they say okay here's the lessons i learned flying an F-16 that I think would apply 
in your boardroom meeting tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Or here's the lessons I learned, you know, landing on an aircraft carrier that I think still hold true when you're trying to take a new product to market. You know, at some point, all the rah-rah and, the, you know, you just can't show your, you know, what it used to be. Like you said, when it started, you just told that story and said, I did it. You can do it, too. And that was enough to get a check. But those days are long, long gone. You know, now meeting planners and, you know, the marketing budgets, um, they're so, um, you know, they, they're looking for what is the return on investment. So how does the speaker find that piece then? How do they find that nugget? You, it's relentless. You, you, most of people need a coach. I find they need somebody who will get in their grill and say, okay, no, no, no. Same, exactly what I said with the first tip. No, absolutely. That story is amazing because, you know, I have seen stories again that just rip the heart out of your chest. They're so tragic. And I've seen stories that are just so uplifting. They're such positive stories of people overcoming adversity and, and prevailing. And they're so inspirational. But those are the ones that just cool off 10 minutes after you go to the break. Because you don't feel so I'm always, you know, when I'm working with speakers, uh, you know, and same thing with authors. I mentor a lot of authors and it's the same thing with a book. Okay, great. So you're going to write a book about how you took your company public and became worth four billion, 40 billion dollars because you created a social media network. (laughs) If you don't have in that book tangible action steps, specific messages that people could apply how they could use them, then nobody's going to care about your book or nobody's going to care about your speech. So I love this because it's a perfect transition to your second tip. And the second tip is about selling solutions, not selling a speech. So let's get to the marketing side of being a speaker, because if we don't sell it, we don't work. We're not actually being a speaker. So how do we sell and how do we follow your advice of selling those solutions? The first stage is you have to start identifying your services, not by the categories that it's convenient for you to sell them. Like, I'm a keynote speaker. I have three keynotes. I have keynote A, B, and C. Or I'm a seminar leader. I have these two seminars. Because nobody cares. Those are features. They're not benefits. So that's the first stage. Then you have to say, okay, how is, you know, how is prosperity created? You know, you mentioned in the intro, that's really what my real work is about. I feel everything else is just my part-time job. My day job is teaching the principles of prosperity, right? And to me, there's the, you know, there's three ways we can add prosperity. Number one is we add value. Number two is we solve problems. And number three is we envision possibilities. So how do we add value? If you can show someone how to do their process cheaper, easier, faster, more productive, that's value. They will crawl naked over broken glass and throw money at you. If you can show General Motors how they could save $22 on every car that they manufacture by changing something in the wheel well, they'll be happy to pay you a million dollars because that $22 times a car is worth 
hundreds of millions of dollars to them, right? Um, or we solve problems, right? If you wake up Saturday morning and you have an abscess tooth and you're, it's just killing you, you just want someone who will make the pain go away. You get on Google and you start looking for a dentist and you don't, you're not looking for the early bird special. You're not looking for the buy one, get one free. You're not looking for the $20 off coupon. You're looking for some dentist who's working on the weekend and takes emergency appointments to make your pain go away. Right. And the third way is we, we envision possibilities, which is what Steve Jobs did with the iPad. There was nobody in the world saying, well, I need a phone that's five times bigger than my current phone, or I need a laptop that's half the size of my current laptop that I could carry around. It just didn't exist. And he created something that when people saw it, they said, oh, I want one of those. Right. He envisioned a possibility that didn't exist. So let's stop selling speeches and let's start saying, okay, the, in the space that I work with the kind of clients I have, the companies I work with or the associations I work with or the kind of people I coach or the kind of clients I consult with, what can I do to solve problems, add value or envision possibilities? And that might take the form of speeches it might take the form of seminars. It might take the form of books. It might take the form of coaching, you know, consulting, whatever. And so, like, what I found when the world shut down was I was doing more meetings than ever, but I was doing them from, you know, my office here in my, you know, Chewbacca pajamas. <laughs> and I was usually speaking to five people instead of 5,000 people. Because I was speaking to board of directors and I was speaking to C-suite teams and and they were saying, okay, hey, we've got supply chain issues because we've got these 20 products we sell and uh, 11 of them count on ingredients from China and those ingredients aren't coming in right now. Or, hey, we import our products from Germany, but the border from Germany and this is going to close or it already closed. And, you know, how do we get our... So I was... um, they were basically paying me to be another member of their executive team or another member of their board of directors. Um, and then it turned into hybrid stuff, you know, well, well virtual stuff. And um, so, and then I had a little, you know, physical things that turned to digital and then it turned into hybrid. And now like NSA people ask me all the time, well, when are we going to go back to regular just meetings again? I think the answer is never. I think we're going to be doing hybrid meetings for the rest of our careers and there will never be non-hybrid meetings anymore because the, you know, the milk is out of the bottle or the cow from the barn or whatever cliche (laughs) you want to put there. People realize like literally this, uh, you know, last Saturday I was doing a live uh, thing with a thousand people, you know, virtual. And at the same time, I was being broadcast to 5,000 people uh, virtually that I had pre-recorded and they had put subtitles on. It was being streamed around the world. So I was doing two speeches exactly at 11 a.m. Eastern time last Saturday. Um, And and they were both hybrid events. And I just think that's the future. Um, 
I've got a client that I'm working with now. We're doing three conventions for 2022. We put the, the, you know, the, the, the fans price tickets on sale. And it's fascinating to me on all three of them. 90% of the sales are for the physical in the place venue tickets and only 10% are for the virtual. So people who say, uh, COVID is still killing us. People aren't can't go back to meetings. That's not what I'm seeing. They, they love the idea of going back to meetings, but there's, but the companies have realized, no, we're going to have to keep doing the virtual option too, because there are people that are in lockdown still that there are people that just cannot get a visa to enter still. Or if they do get a visa, when they go back home, they're going to have to quarantine for 14 days. And that makes the, the trip unviable. Sure. So there were a couple things you said that I think everyone listening wants to know a little bit more about. The first one is, do you really own Chewbacca pajamas? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to let that one go by. I had this mental picture for like the next five minutes of you in Chewbacca. I only, have, I only have Luke Skywalker pajamas. That makes more sense to me. That one, that one I could have related to. That one I could have seen. The other thing is you talked about when, when the pandemic hit and the lockdown came, one of the things that you did is you immediately started working with your clients and with others on this whole idea of finding solutions to problems. Sometimes speakers that, that I've experienced, sometimes speakers get, get so caught up in the box that they live in, that the box is this big it's and it's blue, that they're a speaker and that's what they do. And they didn't l- make a shift to being a solution provider. How can speakers start thinking the way you think? Well, they have to start thinking like entrepreneurs, first of all, and stop thinking like speakers. You know, it's like all these speakers for years come, you know, I do like my tribal event, you know, things where because I, I, I don't market to speakers. Don't give me I, I want everyone. I'm not trolling for business. Anybody listening? OK, my you can't afford me. That's not my market. Right. I work with big, big companies, but I do some events like this tribal event, which are influencers. So they, I do get authors or coaches or speakers sometimes at those. And, and, and I have some stop thinking like a speaker. Cause they're all the same. It's like, I just love to speak. I'm so amazing on the platform. Everybody just ask my mother. Everybody gives me a standing ovation. I just, nobody books me. I just need somebody to sell me. Well, if you, can't sell yourself, then how is anyone else going to sell you? You know, if you, and and I'm going to, and you know, people listening may not know, but you know already, you know, I'm going to be doing the closing session at the Thrive, which is what they're calling the winter workshop. And I'm going to, I'm going to be the most unpopular session of the weekend because I'm going to challenge people exactly with this question that you just asked me, Tom, which is, yeah. Okay. Let's lose the identity of speaker for a moment. Let's put that on the shelf and let's assume that as a speaker, if we're going to say that that is your identity, that you offer value. What are you in your speech? What are you doing that offers value or sells problems or, you know, envisions possibility? And I would say, and this is the part that people will hate me for, is if your speeches don't translate into non-speech income, then the question you have to ask is, am I really providing value? Because, you know, as um, 
you know, Sam Byrne used to call it the three points in a poem, right? Uh, if your speech is three points in a poem, that isn't going to translate outside of the speech. If your speech is, well, there's four types of people, okay? There's, you know, high D and low I, and there's, or we call them giraffes and animals, or we call them the color blue or whatever. If that's all you've got is the four personality types, if you haven't found a way to add value, if you take somebody like Connie Podesta, she turns that into a comedy act. I mean, a roll-on-the-floor hysterical comedy act. She makes that material her own, and she does it in a way that brings value to people, right? All the great speakers do that. But if you just have this template of, you know, four colors or four animals or whatever, and you can't apply it and help somebody apply it in the real world in their company— that's the problem. The problem isn't because speeches aren't happening on stages anymore. It's because you're not really adding value. So if your speech is, you know, the four C's of success and C number one is commitment because you've got to be committed. And C number two is compassion. There's nobody going to pay real money for that anymore. That worked in 1986. It's not going to work today. So your closing keynote at the Winter Workshop for the National Speakers Association, I am very excited about it because I saw you do a bonus closing session at a winter workshop about eight years ago, and you did exactly what you just told everybody you were going to do. You challenged that audience. You made people extremely uncomfortable, and I took like nine pages of notes, and I've always said that speech changed my career for the better because you got me out of at least not fully out of the box of thinking like a speaker, but you made me realize that I needed to knock down at least one of those walls to be relevant. And so I look forward to hearing this one because I think maybe you'll help me knock down another wall or two in, in that box. So Randy, I think this is going to be great. This is what you're going to do at the, at the winter workshop. I think it's worth the price of admission. So why should people come to thrive 2022? There's some real talent on that stage. Uh, Jason Dorsey going to be there. Um, he's doing stuff with creating research studies that just are amazing for really positioning yourself as the definitive expert in your space, uh, generating millions of dollars worth of publicity um, that really puts you in front of decision makers. Um, so, you know, to me, his program would be worth flying there for. I think my closing session would be worth the whole, if nothing else, the whole weekend, just because, again, I'm not going to puff you up and tell you, uh, you know, pretty things. I'm going to tell you, know, what I'm planning, and I'm still figuring out how to do this, because I've been working on this a while. So I want to show some of the contracts that I'm doing right now with clients, because... And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, maybe two months from now will be the, the XYZ variant and the entire world will be in lockdown for six months. I, you know, I can't predict the future. But if I go by what my bookings are right now, what's happening on my calendar, 2022 is going to be the busiest year I've ever had in my career. And I'm going to be 63 in April. 
my plan was, man, I'm going to be winding this thing down. I just want to write more books and travel less. And the market is not allowing me to slow down because they the market feels that I'm adding value and solving problems. So I want to, and what I'm doing basically is I'm, I'm making these six and seven figure contracts. I'm not selling speeches. I'm selling contracts and you know we can't talk fees at nsa in the sense of they don't want price fixing but i'm still working on how i can present some of these contracts i'm doing because it wouldn't be a price fixing because you won't know everything that i'm offering but i've created these kind of um really in-depth packages to say okay i'm going to speak at your annual convention once a year I'm going to do a video training for your executives every month. I'm going to do a one-on-one with the CEO every month. Um, And I'm going to provide uh, content for your blog X times a year. Or uh, I've got a company in Brazil. I'm building out a uh, learning, you know, online learning platform for them. So again, that's a 18 month contract, building out modules, everything, and including speaking at their annual conventions. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I'm going to promote, uh, you know, talk about how I'm doing at that session, because I believe that's something everybody in NSA could replicate and needs to replicate because when, you know, you, you, you mentioned at the start, you know, the business model in the new economy. What is it? Because COVID isn't going away, right? It might be with us another two years. Maybe we'll all be dead in three years. We don't know. But I can tell you right now that you can't say, okay, in 2022, COVID will be eliminated and everything will be back to the way it used to be because that's never, never going to happen. So I think you have to... I'm going to challenge every speaker and every coach and every consultant to say, how can you rebuild what you're offering in a way that is built from the, um, the perspective of the client and what they need, not from the perspective of you as the marketer who wants to sell what's convenient for you. And then of course there's like 10 other sessions of who's who, of people doing sessions at that, that thrive event. So, and you know, the networking and the, you know, fellowship and getting together with people and being there live, uh, you can't duplicate that any other way. You really can't. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited about it. I look forward to seeing you. So, Randy, this is the first episode of 2022 of Speakernomics. We just celebrated our first anniversary of this podcast. We're excited for what's coming in the new year. But as I wrap it up, any other tips for speakers that you think, gosh, I just wish they knew this extra thing in the new world? Uh, here's what jumps to mind. Um, Internet 3.0 or Web 3.0. That's the biggest challenge. Everybody listening, that's the biggest challenge your clients are going to be facing uh, for the next two to four years. Cryptocurrencies, blockchain, um, social media, and all of the craziness that's happened on there. Um, Smart contracts, all of those kind of things. Um, If I wrote a blog post about it, I actually put it in the, the NSA, the Facebook group. I left social media. So this is before I left social media. 
you could look there or if you search my blog, maybe just put in keyword web 3.0 and, and read that article. But I think that's no matter what topic you speak in, if you're in real estate, if you're in sales, if you're in human resources, if you're in whatever web 3.0 is really going to impact your clients and for the next couple of years, probably more than anything else. So that might be a good area to dive, do a deep dive in and say, okay, what, how is this, you know, if the block, how is the blockchain going to affect the industry that I speak in? How are cryptocurrencies going to impact the, the area that I speak in? Right. And then, so that's worth a deep dive and then say, okay, so in, in with web 3.0, for my clients, how can I solve problems, add value, or envision possibilities? Awesome. So, Randy, thanks for being a guest here on Speakernomics. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I love what you're doing. I'm excited for 2022. I'm excited to see everybody in Orlando at the Thrive event. Well, and if those of you listening want to thrive in 2022, you have to be at the National Speakers Association's Winter Workshop 2022 this February in Orlando. Not only will you be able to hear more from Randy Gage, but you'll also learn from some of our professionals' titans like Jason Dorsey, Phil Jones, and Dr. Mary Kelly. So make sure you register today and you want to register before January 26th so that you can take advantage of the best, the very best early bird pricing. And thank you so much for tuning in to Speakernomics. I know that there are over 2 million podcasts out there, and it seems that they're all geared towards professional speakers. But this is the official podcast of the National Speakers Association, and we hope that you join us every single week. For more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast. Speak. Get paid. Repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.